listening to Personal Branding with Lynn, a podcast for entrepreneurs and creatives. You are on a mission to create your life's work and legacy, but are struggling to break through the noise to reach your ideal clients. Well, that's where personal branding comes in. I'll help you grow your business using marketing that feels as natural as a conversation. Who am I? I'm Lynn Morton, and I have managed the brands of Fortune 500s, nonprofits, and startups. And now I'm ready to pour all that I've learned over my career into helping you build your personal brand. In fact, we'll work on it together. Let's get started. Hi there, and welcome again to the Personal Branding with Lynn podcast. Lynn Morton here, and this is episode 17. So today, I'm looking forward to sharing some more tips and insights that can help you launch your personal brand, launch and grow and build your personal brand. Now, I've been wanting to get into some mindset issues for a while now, and I've and I'm, I'm I've got a couple ideas on on deck or in the queue that I'm working on. But as I was working, I stumbled across a recording of a webinar I did several years ago. Now, this was a time when I used to conduct free monthly webinars for photographers in my group back in Washington, D.C. And every second Tuesday of the month, we would get on on the horn and, and just delve into a topic, sort of like we did like we do here, it was the precursor for my 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 podcast. So I was looking look, looking through some of the older issues because I'm trying to get all of the the personal branding related episodes together and try and package it together for some of you if you are interested in that. Anyway, the top the topic was silencing your inner critic. And in, and this is a topic that's not just important for photographers, although it was then, but for all creatives and entrepreneurs and anyone trying to build a personal brand. In fact, if you have a goal or a dream that you've been nurturing, you've no doubt had to deal with the inner critic. You know, it's the voice that tells us we aren't good enough, we aren't ready yet, we're wasting our time and we should just give up. For many of us, the more persuasive of these arguments comes from an inner voice, from inside of us. But also, a lot of us have to deal with similar detractions from outside, from well-meaning loved ones. They tell you that they're doing it because they love you and they care and they're trying to help you set more realistic expectations. So, our message today can be helpful in dealing with these voices as well. So that's what we have in store today. It's a rebroadcast of an of a timeless message, silencing your inner critic. This evening, we're going to focus on the topic, silencing your inner critic. I'll start by sharing some thoughts. Many of us cheat ourselves out of potential accomplishments because of our own limiting beliefs. 
Tonight, we not only confront those internal voices that hold us back, but the external ones as well. I'll give you some ideas on dealing with them if you ever find yourself holding back your dreams. Many of us aren't producing or sharing at our true potential. And it's almost as if we're being robbed. It's like someone is stealing our work. And the person who's stealing it, the person committing the crime, is you and I. Our inner critic robs us from doing our best work and enjoying our full potential. Let's not make this a vague academic exercise. Throughout this discussion, I want you to be thinking about you, your photography, your ambitions. You can even broaden it beyond photography because every creative is vulnerable to this. Let me tell you a story. My first photo tour almost didn't happen. I started the Meetup Shutterbug Excursions back in 2009, and I found myself helping lots of people on our photo walks. And I really enjoyed this process of helping, so I tried to do something a little more formal. I announced it on the site. I'm going to be starting this photo tour DC and, uh, and ask people to, to volunteer to come out with me and do sort of a focus group. Let me know what they thought. Just give me honest feedback after the first lesson. Now, the minute I announced the site, then came the second guessing. Do you really think this is for you? I mean, why should anyone listen to you anyway? Why do you think you're so smart that you can teach people? And the questions and the second guessing just kept coming. And I almost just shut it down and shut myself up. And I'm so glad I didn't because this has been one of the best experiences of my life. We might not have been here tonight had I not continued. But I talk about these voices. And yes, I hear voices and many photographers do. And and I know I'm not alone in hearing these voices because I hear it coming back from a lot of the people I coach and teach. Well, here's how it all starts, at least the way I see it. You pick up a camera, you start shooting, and you start creating, and somewhere you get a glimpse, not just of what you just shot, but what you think you might be able to create. You get a glimpse of what you can be, and it, it's exciting. So now we're joining meetups, we're reading blogs, we're listening to podcasts, and we're just bopping around and just shooting whatever we can find. Then we start thinking of all the great things we can create down the road, a business, a blog, a gallery, a showing, a this, a that, and we just keep going and think, man, where can we take this photography thing? Before we can act on any of it, the voices start telling us to be realistic. Stop all this foolish daydreaming. Slow down. You know what I, you know exactly what I mean. Now you can categorize these voices into three camps. Josh Irby, who's a writer and an author, distills the voices like this. The critic. The critic knows that he is the secret to your success. His ability to distinguish between good photos and bad photos help us produce work at a higher level. But sometimes your critic can be overbearing. Every time I depress the shutter, he opines smugly. <laughs> Not good enough. Ugh. You really want to show that to people? What a cliche. And on and on. There are times when you'll need to thank the critic for what he contributes and tell him to just shut up. He'll have an opportunity later when I'm in a more objective and different mode. But for now, I just need to create. And so now you're going to need to shut the critic out. The second voice is the cynic. The cynic just wants you to give up. No one is liking your pictures. No one is reading your blog. No one is paying attention to you. Why do you even bother? 
Now, unlike the critic, the cynic adds no value. So you just have to silence the cynic altogether. Tell him, you know what? Cynicism is easy. Creativity takes effort. And so I choose to create. The third voice is the doubter. Now, the doubter means well. Oh, honey, I know you really want to be a photographer. You know I love your photos, but do you really think anyone will hire you? I mean, the photography industry these days is just so competitive. Maybe you should just set your goals a little lower. You know, I just don't want to see you get hurt. You know Aunt Jean, she tried to be a photographer, and you remember what happened to her? Now, here's what you do. Thank the doubter for caring about you so much that she's concerned for your comfort. Then you have to tell her that it's worth the pain and effort. Maybe you will get hurt. Maybe you will get rejected. But then again, maybe you won't. And really, the only way to find out is to try. As Irby says, the dream is too big to quit over a little pain. You'd rather experience the sharp pain of failure than the dull agony from a dead dream. Success usually takes more time and effort than most people are willing to invest. So stop doubting and do. Now, these objections are all fairly reasonable arguments. And so it's easy to be swayed in a weaker moment. That's why they're so dangerous. For many of us, however, the rational voices of caution are really our fears. What if it doesn't work? What if I'm wrong? What if I'm embarrassed? Or worse yet, what if I get hurt? Sometimes the critics are external. We aren't our only challenge, and sometimes we need to guard against well-meaning advice from loved ones. Advice that you know deep inside isn't moving you toward your true calling. The author John Acuff advises we ignore three kinds of people. The first is the spectator. You know, an athlete never solicits advice from someone in the stands. A musician doesn't ask the crowd for direction. You should never listen to the advice of spectators. A spectator will just criticize your photos, but have nothing of his own to show. No blog, no website, no Flickr, no nothing. Ignore the person who criticizes your work from the sidelines. They haven't earned the right. Get advice from people who are in the game. People who are creating and showing and helping. The next is the hater. The squeaky wheel doesn't need the oil. Many of us spend our time obsessing over one insult when we have hundreds or even thousands of compliments. You can find out much about what you do well from these compliments. You'll know you have a hater when all they have is complaints and no solutions. Ask them to provide some ideas for improvement, and they usually go silent. Now you know you have a hater. The goal of feedback is to cause improvement. The goal of hate is to cause wounds. The other one is the complainer. Now, a complainer won't even respond at all when you ask for clarification. You know the type. When you respond, we can have a conversation. We can, we can debate merits. I might even come over to your way of thinking. But if you whine and then disappear, that's not useful. That's a complainer, and you should ignore them. Now, wise counsel is important. I don't ever want to suggest that you close yourself off to wise counsel. But there are lots of smart people, friends and family, colleagues and mentors, who can help point you in the right direction. But those three 
the three we just talked about usually always steer you down the wrong path. Here's another question to consider when you evaluate advice. Sometimes other people won't be able to see your dream. They might not understand your potential. Doesn't mean they don't care for you, but they just don't see it. And if that's the case, they're probably going to be the wrong ones to help you reach it. Here's another thing to think about. Don't take banking advice from a baker. Don't take millionaire advice from someone who is broke. And if someone hasn't accomplished what you are trying to accomplish, how can they tell you whether or not your goal is really achievable? Don't take advice on your dreams from someone who hasn't accomplished what you're working toward. What you do, you find someone who's achieved a similar goal because they're better equipped to give you the roadmap you need to get there or at least provide an honest assessment of what it will take from where you are today. Here's what you ought to remember or think about. In most cases, it's about them and it's often about their fears, not about you, not about your photos, not about your work, not about your capability. They're afraid for you. They don't want to see you get hurt. They want to protect you. It's not malicious, but remember, it's not about you. So here's some more paralyzing statements and then some potential responses for them. Emily Freeman identifies three paralyzing statements that can keep you from doing your best work, and I've thrown in a couple of my own. Here's a famous, a popular one. I, I'm, I'm not ready. Now, in most cases, you are ready. Not ready is often what we what we say when we mean we're afraid. Emily says it's true that we might it you know sometimes it's not the right time to pursue a certain thing or a particular endeavor or make a final decision. But a lot of times we confuse readiness with courage. Courage is not the absence of fear. If you want to feel courageous before you release your art, you might be waiting forever. Here's another paralyzing statement: Someone else can do it better anyway. Well, do it anyway. Do it your way. Let's agree. I'd say someone else can do it differently. But there's nothing to gain from competing with the world. On each of his albums, one of my favorite singers, Luther Vandross, would cover a popular hit. Now, some of the songs were considered untouchable by conventional wisdom. And when asked why, Luther Vandross said he likes to take them on and try to Lutherize the songs. That's also that's a lesson I always remember. He tries to Lutherize them. And then I, I sort of take that on myself. And if I look at something, I say, how can I Linfordize it? Use your own name in its place. How can you make it your own? Do it your way. And now you don't have to compete with anyone else. Another statement. I'm wasting my time. And for that, I say, if you think you're wasting your time, you're usually working on someone else's idea of success. Does someone else believe in you? Has someone ever been inspired by your art? Then how in the world is that a waste of time? If you're expressing your true self and your talents honestly and authentically, then your time is never wasted. You are doing what you were meant to do. Another statement, rejection. You know, like, what if they laugh? You know that most people in your circle are rooting for your success. They want to see you shine. And those who don't, really don't have your best interest at heart, and they won't ever be won over, so you've got to ignore them. Linda Formichelli says that the people who succeed in the world are the ones who blast past rejection. 
Remember, rejection isn't always about you. It isn't always about your work. It's a sign that what you have isn't what the permission givers need right now. Each no can be a stepping stone to your next yes. So let go of what the world wants. Let go of what your friends are doing. Let go of what the critics thinks, think and just persevere. Another one. They're doing so, so much better than me. Again, I say stop comparing. One of my favorite quotes is from the Desert Arata, and it says, If you compare yourself with others, you will become vain or bitter, for always there will be greater and lesser persons than yourself. Quit comparing and take action. Compare yourself only to your true potential. Now, a few more quotes I'd like to leave you with before I go. And, and these are some people who, you know, said some inspirational, but I think very thought-provoking things on these topics. And the first one is from Ira Glass. And he says, you know, nobody tells this to beginners. And I wish someone had told me. All of us who do creative work, we get into it because we have good taste. But there's this gap. And for the first couple of years, you make stuff. And it's just not that good. It's trying to be good. It has potential, but it's not. But your taste, the thing that got you into the game, it's still killer. And your taste is why your work disappoints you. A lot of people never get past this phase. They just quit. Most people I know who do interesting, creative work went through years of this. We know our work doesn't have that special thing that we wanted to have. We all go through this. And if you're just starting out, you're probably in this place. You've got to know that it's normal, and the most important thing you can do is a lot of work. Put yourself in a deadline so that every week you will finish one story, one photo. It's only going to be by going through a volume of work that you close that gap and that your work is as good as your ambitions. And I took longer to figure that out than anyone else I know. It's going to take a while. It's normal to take a while. But you've just got to fight your way through. This is a lesson from Ira Glass. One of the other quotes I'd like to leave you with is really a, sort of a frame of mind from Tony Robbins. And he basically says you have to ask better questions. He says quality questions create a quality life. They direct our mental focus and therefore determine how we think and feel. The difference in the quality of people's lives often comes down to the differences in the questions they consistently ask themselves. Now, here's, here's how I interpret this. If you ask, what's wrong with this photo, you will always find an answer. And while you can tick off 30 things that are wrong, potentially, or technically with a photo, it doesn't mean that it's going to be that far off. You might be able to make two or three corrections and dramatically improve it. And so even by asking, how might I improve the photo, or starting with, what's great about this photo, you find that you answer those questions as well, and you feel better about yourself and your work. Then you can go about the business of looking into, now, how might I improve this, and what can I do differently, and how, how, what can I do better? You'll find that you feel better about your work, because if you keep putting yourself down and saying, this, this is off, this sucks, this sucks, because as Ira said, Ira Glass said, there's going to be a gap, and you're going to be a little frustrated. But it's, I think words matter, and the way you talk to yourself and the way you language your, your ambition and your frustration will impact how you continue to work at it and whether or not you continue to push and persevere and grow. The work. This is another along the same vein by Byron Katie. 
And, and she offers a series of four questions and then a turnaround. And, and the first thing she asks is, if you say, oh, I'm, I'm not a good photographer because I can't do composition well, she's going to say, is it true? And you might say, yeah, I think it's true. And then she would ask, can you absolutely know that it's true? Absolutely. And I think this is where most people have a reason to pause. Because you don't absolutely know that it's true. You sort of feel that way. But I'm guessing that if you're into this, somebody somewhere has said to you that we think this is good stuff. We like it. So you don't absolutely know it to be true. But here's the thing. When you think it's not, when you think it is true, how do you react? And what happens when you really believe that thought? How does that thought affect you? And then four, where would you, who would you be without that thought? Like, think if you could free yourself from holding on to that thought. And then you want to flip it around and find at least three specific genuine examples of how each turnaround can be true for you in that situation. So this is an an exercise you can go through to help yourself begin to let go of limiting beliefs and also embrace your true potential. You know, at the end of my first photo tour, I realized the voices were wrong. I realized that I had a great time. I got feedback from the attendees that they did as well, and they learned an awful lot about photography, and they were able to work through some of the challenges and some of the things that they were struggling through. And I actually felt, wow, you know, this is something I can continue to do and really enjoy. And over the last four four years, there's not been a day that I've taught a photo tour that I've not just had a ball with whoever showed up. And think... I could have been robbed of all that, uh, all those abilities to help other people and to also realize sort of my, some of my true calling and potential had I just listened to these inner critics. The inner critics were wrong for me and they're likely wrong for you as well. And so I'm going to leave you with the quote from Nike. Regardless of what you're thinking or what you're feeling or what your inner critics or voices are telling you, just do it. Do something today that your future self will thank you for. One of the ways I sort of guide whether or not I should be doing something is I say, if at the end of my days I have not done this, will I be relieved or will I be really annoyed and feel a sense of loss that I did not try it. And if I think, you know, this was important enough that I would be disappointed at the end of my days, then I've got to make a plan and go off and do it. And so the last of the Nike quotes is, quit making excuses, putting it off, complaining about, dreaming about, whining about, crying about, believing you can't, worrying if you can, waiting until you're older, skinnier, richer, braver, and all around better. Suck it up, hold on tight, Say a prayer, make a plan, and just do it. All right. Well, thank you for your time and attention today as we close another episode of Personal Branding with Lynn, episode 17, and and a mindset topic how you silence your inner critic. I hope this was helpful to you because you know the way we talk to ourselves can be one of the biggest determinant factors for how well we build our personal brand. Listening to the wrong voice, especially 
especially when it's your own, can derail your progress. And I don't want to see that happen to you. So please remember remember everything we talked about today and, and be good to yourself, all right? That's it for today. And remember, if you have any feedback, you, you can email me, lynn at lynnmorton.com or find me anywhere online at Personal Branding with Lynn. That's both my Instagram and, and Facebook page. All right. So let me know what you think about today's topic or anything else you'd like to hear covered. All right. So until next time, keep focused, keep consistent and keep going. Take care. Thanks for joining me for Personal Branding with Lynn. If you took something from today's episode that you plan to put into practice, please let me know and share it with our other listening friends. We'd love to encourage you and support you on your path. Leave a comment wherever you heard this or at Personal Branding with Lynn on Facebook and Instagram. Don't forget to subscribe at lynnmorton.com forward slash subscribe and share this episode with another entrepreneur or creative. That's it for now. Let's get together again and continue growing our personal brands. Cheers. Cheers.